This episode of the Tide Capital Millionaire Podcast is brought to you by Black America Inc., a trillion dollar nation, by A.R. Morton. Black America Inc. is a piece of literature that details and illustrates the socioeconomic solutions that black Americans can implement in their communities today. Whether it be being captains of our own industries, creating our own political parties, or just learning how to strengthen our overall health and wealth, Black America Inc. is what black Americans and Americans in general need to get to the next level in 2017 and beyond. For too many years, we have been talking about the problems and not the solutions. For too many years, we have been pointing fingers at each other without talking about the solutions. This is why Black America Inc. is important. If you're ready to build yourself up and rebuild your community, head on over to Amazon.com and order your copy of Black America Inc., a trillion dollar nation. This is the Todd Capital Billionaire Podcast, episode 20. My name is Todd Millionaire, also known as Charles Oglesby. I'm the founder and the director of the Todd Capital Investment Club that now has 103 members, Todd Acquisitions, and Todd Ventures, which is our crowdfunded venture capital firm. I want to thank you all for tuning in. The purpose of this podcast is to share the stories of successful African-American investors and business owners so that people can see that business and investing are the true keys to financial success and generational wealth. It's been a while since we had a guest on here, uh, maybe about two weeks since we had like a legit interview, not something that was kind of themed or anything, but it's, we definitely have a special guest. It's something that's really cool to me just because it's unique to find somebody that I think thinks the way that you think and really, I don't know how it just works out, but it's, it's very cool. I'm just, I'm happy to have this guy on. Uh, his name is Moby. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. He'll get all that for you, but this is a very awesome guy. His movement is amazing. And so, I mean, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a uh, pleasure to be on the show. Love, love your work, and uh, I'm excited to be on the show. Cool. So can you tell tell people a little, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a Mogi Okugo, uh 26-year-old. I play professional soccer uh, in the MLS, uh, Major League Soccer, um, the first division in the United States. I'm Nigerian-American, so both my parents are Nigerian and uh Moved here in the late 70s, so I'm first generation. Uh, I'm the oldest of four. Got two two younger brothers and a younger sister as well. Um, a little bit about me. I've been playing professional soccer since I was 18. I went one year at UCLA, and I left after my freshman year to pursue professional soccer. Um, I still take classes on the side, but because um, I left UCLA early, um, I transferred to University of Louisville, and I'm in the process of completing my bachelor's degree um, by the end of this year. Nice. Uh, I guess that's a little bit about myself. That's cool. That's very cool. And so you've been playing since you're 18. How old are you now? Uh, 26. 26. So this is my eighth year uh, as a professional soccer player. Very cool. And so, I mean, the, the reason why I brought you on is because I think that a lot of what we're doing crosses over indirectly. Um, a lot of what I talk about is investing, and it's tough to invest if you spend all your money. So um, what I like is that you kind of have taken something I think is definitely necessary. And a lot of times you have, because um, you, what your platform is, is the frugal athlete or a frugal athlete. And um, a lot of times when you see these athletes who do, in my opinion, do it the quote right way, they'll do something sort of like, a Shaquille O'Neal, or there's countless stories of these investors, these, these individuals who took their high salaries 
and they invested into something that kind of put them in a position to really be wealthy. Like it's one thing to have a strong income, it's another to have your assets generating income for you. So I mean, that's why I like what you're doing, but why did you create the Frugal Athlete platform? Yeah, so um, I'm not sure if you remember, there's this 30 for 30 special, ESPN does these great documentaries, and it was this 30 for 30 special um, broke, and it basically highlighted all these athletes that, um, you know, didn't weren't smart with their money, didn't invest properly, you know, within two weeks, retiring, they're bankrupt, you know, having to sell their homes, getting their homes repossessed and stuff like that. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, because I'm, I'm frugal, I'm, I like to be try to be smart with my money, I'm like heavily invested in business and finance, so I'm like, I was just thinking to myself, I know there's athletes that are smart with their money, so I did some research, um, started studying about athletes that were actually like smart with their money, proactive with their money during their career, and I realized that, you know, Everyone loves the downfall of an athlete, but no one talks about, you know, the, the smart athletes that, you know, are smart with their money, do good things with their money, set themselves up properly. So um, I was talking to my best friend and my younger brother, who are both um, collegiate basketball players, and, uh, you know, just shot the idea, and then we just got it started, and now it's come to fruition. Cool. I like that. And it's funny because you're exactly right. Like, a lot of times we hear about the downfalls, and, it's kind of like what they say about like marriages. They're kind of like airplanes. You only hear about the bad ones. You only hear about the crashes. You only hear about the success stories. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, can you give us some examples? I'm skipping a question here, but I think you kind of took us there. But can you give us some examples of people that you know who have done it the right way or have done it a frugal way? I'm not going to necessarily say it the right way, but in an admirable way. Yeah, I mean, you know about, like, there's always, like, the, the marquee guys, like a LeBron James or a Magic Johnson or a Marshawn Lynch, like, those guys that, you know, the average individual knows about. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron James, he's one of the most business-savvy business, business savvy person, athletes in today's game. Um, Magic Johnson, he's probably one of the, if you want to put a guy like on the Mount Rushmore of athletes that were smart in their business moves off the off the court or off the field, he's uh, he's right up there. Marshawn Lynch, you know, if you want to judge a buck by his cover, you'd be completely wrong about Marshawn Lynch. He's a guy that's very frugal with his money, very smart. Yeah, he actually is a uh, helps helps a lot of other athletes in terms of you know simple things like 401k and. Um, taxes and stuff like that. Um, another guy, uh, Ryan Broyles, who's a, I, I'm not sure if you read an article about him, but he's one of the football players that lives off $60,000 a year while he's making $3 million a year. So there's different guys like that. Ocho Cinco is another athlete that yep. is very frugal, financially you know, prudent in his practices. And um, those, are, those are guys off the top of my head that I yep. can name that are frugal athletes that are smart with their money and you know, do the right things in terms of their spending habits. Yeah, one of my favorite BP episodes, and it might actually be that, that the football player that you just mentioned who lives off of less than like 60% of his income, is he started investing in real estate, and he actually got very, very good at investing in real estate. And he was on this episode, and I think he actually, um, he was in between teams at that point in time, but he wasn't worried. He's was like, I have so much going on in my real estate career that I'm okay. He's like, it'd be great if I get picked up by a team, I eventually will be get picked up by a team, but I have so much other things going on that I'm just pretty much set. 
But I wanted to circle back around and ask you a question. Um, it's off the script, but um, you mentioned Magic Johnson. And then, I mean, when people mention, think of Magic Johnson, they think of like Kareem. And I know I read a book a while back. I read the Magic Johnson book, 32 Keys or something, a business success. It was great to talk about all the success, but Kareem wasn't as fortunate as Magic. So, I mean, what's some advice or from your perspective that's different the kind of magic was able to benefit from that Kareem did. And I'm not sure if you know Kareem's story, but he didn't, he wasn't so successful. So how do you differentiate good advice from bad advice? Uh, I think it's important. You know, I think it's important to, you know, you have to cross check. You can't just trust uh, one financial advisor who, who may know it all. I think it's important to cross check. If you have one financial advisor, you should have, you know, another financial advisor to cross check that financial advisor. Nice. So I'm not exactly sure what happened with Kareem. I know he um, he kind of lost a lot of money in um, some bad deals, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because he's, I mean, his caliber player, he's one of the greatest players of all time. You would think he would be good with his business uh, moves off the court. But for me, it's all about, you know, trusting your, trusting your circle, cross-checking your circle, and, uh, you know, just doing the due diligence and, the investments nice. so you can like hear about a good investment read about it but if you don't do your due diligence um and understand ask the right questions then you, you're gonna eventually end up getting burned cool so i know that um <clears throat> for me especially when you have things going you want to look like you have things going but do you think it's possible to live frugal and still have a good lifestyle do you think that's the misconception a lot of times people confuse frugal with cheap Exactly. Yeah. I, frugal isn't just, you know, saving your money and not doing anything with it. It's just being smart with your money, being not, not being wasteful with your money. Mm -hmm. So being frugal doesn't mean you're not, you know, driving a nice car or, you know, not going on vacations or not eating, just eating cereal every day. It just means you're economical in the way you do things. Mm -hmm. And uh, a book I read by uh, uh, Donald Foyle, uh, Winning the Money Game, he, uh, he touches on just being frugal and being smart with your money. And I want to give an example. Just So athletes, we get per diem. You know, when you go on road trips, you get per diem for breakfast, lunch, dinner, incidentals, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he was a guy that saved his per diem for the whole year. And at the end of the year, he would use that per diem for a vacation. Instead of, you know, just booking a, a vacation last minute or, or whatever, he had his money allocated already for his vacation, and he, he wouldn't have to spend his money from his own paycheck. So those are, that's an example of being frugal when you think of, um, you know, trying not being cheap or being frugal or, you know, having alligator arms. You know, that's an <laughs> ongoing joke with people that are frugal. So uh, that's the thing. Um, like I said, being frugal doesn't mean you don't have to have a nice car, but you don't need to have three cars. Mm -hmm. Like uh, another another example is um, Herm Edwards. He's a former Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame player. He said you can only drive one car at one time. <laughs> so there's no point of having three or four cars when you can just have one nice one, you know, get to practice, get to where you need to be and have a good time. So that's, that's like my big thing when I try to promote content on Frugal Athlete. It's not trying to be cheap. It's not trying to, you know, live on pennies and nickels. 
but just be economical in how you spend so you have money long term. As athletes, you know, your window of opportunity is only so long. So you got to maximize your earning potential and what you earn during that period. Mm-hmm. And so you're building a site. It seems like you're building like an online community. And what's your goal for? Can you tell us first about that? And then what's your goal for what you're building? Yeah, so FugalAthlete.com is basically like a blog website platform, hopefully to increase financial literacy amongst athletes and also share like positive financial, prudent financial practices that athletes do or share. And um, as of now, I'm just trying to increase the content, um, provide provide that platform for athletes to come and read or individuals to come and read about various athletes and what they do with their investments or their spending habits and um, other things. You know, athletes are role models. So if athletes do something, you know, the common, the common individual is going to naturally latch on. So my goal is to promote these athletes in a positive light with their financial practices, you know, and increase financial literacy uh, long-term, I think some of my goals are to uh, be a major platform for student-athletes, especially, and uh, young uh, professional athletes, just to learn about different things when it comes to finances, whether it's, you know, 401k versus traditional versus Roth, you know, how much you should be allocating to your 401k, you know, how to allocate money for your taxes, a lot of athletes don't even know about the jock tax, where you're getting where you're getting taxed everywhere you play. Hmm. So just little things like that. Um, so that's my main goal. I'm, I haven't really thought about like the business end, you know, how to make it a profitable business. And I, I think I really need to sit down and do that. But for now, it's just all about content, all about being that platform for athletes and individuals alike in terms of being a frugal athlete and increase financial literacy and get that content out. Yeah, I think. Um... I like what you're doing just because I think that it'll be a great positive change in the community. And I think that by people retaining their wealth, instead oh, thank of you so growing much. their wealth, it, it helps not only them, it helps their family. And I mean, it, it goes back to what you said about the definition of frugal. A lot of times people think that being frugal is just not spending money, but it's just being smart about your money. When you really think about it, it's like, why wouldn't you want to be smart about your money? It's like you're smart about everything else in life, hopefully. <laughs> thank so it's you. Like, Exactly. Let's apply that same thinking to um, your finances, and it takes you much further. I think that um, it's awesome. I'm 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 rooting for it, man. Every time I get a chance to promote it, because it's like it just there's derivative effects. It's like if your goal is successful, then it makes the community improve. It helps schools improve. It helps families improve. It helps housing communities improve just by retaining wealth within the community instead of blowing it out to everybody else's community. So that's very cool. Um, can you talk to me about some projects that you're working on? I know you're busy out there, like winning games and stuff, but I mean, outside of that, like what other projects are you working on with the business? In terms of business, um, so with Frugal Athlete, um, I'm working on a documentary piece with Frugal Athlete and a couple, um, you know, booklets to help to help the readers in terms of like, how to navigate, you know, your finances and stuff like that. Um, on my own, uh, I'm part of an investment club. Uh, you obviously know about that. Um, yeah. And just, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to increase my portfolio. <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, that, that's that's basically it. You know, I've always been a guy that's interested in finance and uh, business and entrepreneurship as well as sports. So for me to be able to combine the two, I think that's very important. You know, as athletes, you know, it's kind of like a reverse. You you start with capital, but then at, towards the end of your career, you don't have a you know you can only play for so long. Whereas the, the regular individual. You start with the work, and then over time, you increase your capital. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for athletes to take advantage of the capital they have early, invest as much as they can, as early as they can, as smart as they can, so when they eventually are done playing, they can use that time to catch up in terms of you know whatever, whatever passions they want to do or just have that stable that stability to know that you know because I was smart in my early years, I can, I can relax. I have enough money in the bank to do what I want to do and stuff like that. Yeah, very true. And it's funny because, I mean, I think that there's a lot of crossover between, like, what you're doing and with the investment club and with Tide Capital. And one of my passions is really to kind of turn working income into passive income. That's what wealthy people do. That's what the book Rich Dad Poor Dad is all about. It's how can you turn working into income, into portfolio income or passive income. And so a lot of people don't know that, the idea behind the rich don't work for money. They have their money work for them. <clears throat> and I always see these people who have this enormous amount of capital and you're passing up on that opportunity by not using it to buy something that's going to pay you probably more over the time of your life than any other person would make working on a job. So it's like if you can make $100,000 exactly. $200,000 a year, that's a very good life, especially if you have a house that's paid off, if you have a car that's paid off, like... We have to start being strategic with how we use our money and not just giving it to people who are looking to get a commission out of it. Because I think that one thing that I see an opportunity for you guys is you guys going back as a frugal athlete and coaching these people with no interest in mind. Like our goal isn't to sell you something. Our goal is to coach you through whatever. And as you're successful, the community's successful. And I think that that's kind of the thing, even with Todd Capital, like my goal isn't to sell anybody anything. For the most part, everything is just giving everything away because as People in the club are successful. The club is successful. So I think it's awesome. I think that, I mean, that's the power of just group economics, period, is like everybody eats, everybody wins. So Exactly. Um, I, that's, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I joined the um, investment club, just, just for the information alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's just started up, but the, the information is invaluable. Even if, you know, you're in, in the investment club and you're doing your own personal portfolio, mm-hmm. the information in the club is just it, it, this is this is what it's all about just sharing information growing as a group and you know like you said buying back the block yeah because i always tell people like there's bigger deals out there like is as big as other people grow that just allows us to do even crazier things on a larger level so it's like why be selfish why be selfish with what you know when if somebody else is successful right alongside you then it's going to make you even more successful so i mean what you guys are doing is awesome i think that you're going to definitely um flip the script it's really cool about the documentary because it allows you to kind of like go back against the 30 for 30 and if i think what you're saying is you're going to be able to kind of show these athletes who are um who are kind of living that frugal lifestyle is that kind of the goal with the documentary oh yes so the documentary is more uh, it's more of a just um so it's my brother that's working on it he's uh, just graduated college mm-hmm. so it's more of a it has a different type of feel to it. It's a more um, being prepared for life after sports. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So hopefully we can get that done. But it's basically, you know, as an athlete, you have so many connections. So it's important that you use them while you have them because mm. everyone loves an, a current athlete. No one loves a retired athlete. <laughs> that's kind of like, that's very <laughs> so, true. That's like, a, that, as, as a, Sorry, sorry. So, so sorry, it's, you cut off a it's in part, it's about like you have your network is your net worth, basically. So use them while you have them, right? Exactly. Yes. I mean, there's so many people I've been able to meet because of my position that I, I know I wouldn't meet otherwise. So it's important to take advantage of that to prepare you for life after sports. That's cool. Because, I mean, your body, you get older. Sports, sports can only take you so far. And um, Kobe Bryant said it best. I think it was in a Players Tribune article. He wishes that he would have used his his um, status and not to just give his family money or his friends money, but put them in position so they can make their own money. That's a bar right there, man. That is. A yeah, bar. I'll try to send you the article I could find. Uh, the article where he wrote that. That's cool. I think that is why but, I like Rick Ross. I'm not sure if you follow Rick Ross. And ratchet rap aside, yeah, he's one of guns my favorite and artists. drugs, like, this dude said that his daughter was, like, 16 years old and she already had her own, like, Wingstop franchise. And he was like, yeah, when she turns 18, she's getting another one. I was like, that's crazy because it's like, if you already have the system yeah. in place, like, she owns it. It runs itself. She's probably getting a check for, like, $10,000 exactly. a month just based off of owning that business. And, I mean... When you start thinking on that level, it's like the sky is the limit, really, man. As long as you do it the right way, it's tough to invest in startups. But if you invest in like a franchise or if you acquire an already existing business that already has a proven cash flow history, you're just walking into even more wealth. And then, and one thing I was telling somebody else, I was like, if we take X amount of dollars and we buy a piece of real estate, we didn't lose the money. The money's still there, like, but we're just getting the cash flow yeah, from you, that. You own it now. So it's just kind of putting money in different places to put yourself in different places really and yeah that's another thing with athletes I, I think i don't know if it's the it's the competitive nature or the ego but there's so many different ways to invest and make sure you make your money it doesn't have to be in the next uber mm-hmm. or your buddy's startup it can be in real estate it can be in uh you know um you can you can start your own loan company i mean you have the capital to give people loans and so there's just so many different ways to make money. It's just all about doing your due diligence and, you know, getting things signed and just being careful. But there's different ways. Opening up a franchise. Like athletes, um, I don't want to gen- – I, I hate to generalize, but because I see it all the time, it's just like you said, Rick Ross got his daughter a Wingstop franchise. Some Some athletes will, you know, buy three bags, three purses, mm. which is – $10,000, that can open up a small barbershop or a small chicken filet or something like that. Something that lasts forever instead of a purse that you hold money in, mm-hmm. you know? Or you do so something, just, you can position it kind of like Robert Kiyosaki says, he says, assets buy luxuries. And so it's like, instead of buying the purse, you buy the asset that produces the cash flow to buy the purse. It, yeah, thank you. That, you explained it way better than I could. No, but that's cool. I mean... This is a good conversation. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, thank you. So um, how can people help you spread the word about what you're doing? Uh, so you can follow um, afrugalathlete.com, share on Twitter, share on Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. 
you know, just get the word out. Uh, it's going to be my job to get more content, reach out to more people. But, um, you know, we're doing a lot of good things, and hopefully, you know, we can keep uh, keep the content readable, enjoyable, and um, go from there. It's definitely good stuff. I'm always tuning in to see what, what people you have on there. There's way more frugal athletes than I thought existed, man. Like, people that are super Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it's really growing. People are... Um, I don't know if it's just people being smarter with their money, you know, or, you know, social media exposing people that are, are not as good with their money. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of good things are happening with athletes, you know, in terms of becoming smarter with their money, you know, better spending habits, um, just more information out there. You know, LeBron James, yep. he, he started his own uh, platform with uh, Needing Dough, you know, Players Tribune shares countless articles about, you know, financial stories of athletes, um, Forbes, sports, money blog, you know. So there's there's more information out there for readers to, readers to find. And uh, I think it's my job with Frugal Athlete to continue to promote that as well. So hopefully Todd Capital and Frugal Athlete can partner up sometime. So. That'd be cool. I definitely would like that, man. I was going to ask you a question about which famous people have you met, man? Okay, so which famous people in terms of athletes? Like, which say, which people can position? I met Michael Jordan. Wow, that's pretty cool. But it was it wasn't like we know it's not like we know each other like that. <laughs> but I I used to play, I used to play basketball and we played against his son and he was there so mm-hmm. got to meet him. Asked for his autograph, he said no, not in front of the family. So oh, wow. that was kind of that's kind of hurt my kind of punched punched me. In, but it was cool. I got to meet him, shake his hand, and everything. That's cool. uh, I'm trying to think of other famous athletes. Have you uh, met any famous business people like Mark Cuban or something? Uh, famous business people? Uh, no, not famous, famous. I know I've, I've met some highly successful business people, but nothing of the Mark Cuban threshold. Hopefully soon, though. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Let's see. What advice do you have for athletes, whether just starting out? Well, let's, let's break it up. What advice do you have for an athlete that's just starting out? What advice do you have for an athlete that's kind of mid-career? And then what advice do you have for an athlete that's kind of winding down their career? I'm not sure if you can answer the winding okay, down. Okay, so. There yet, but. Oh, no, no. I, I think it's all, all three. It's all good. Uh, first, for a young rookie or young professional athlete, I would say, Learn how to say no, because there's going to be a lot of situations where, you know, you want to live, live the lifestyle, you know, you just, you just, you have money in your pocket, you're feeling good, you're a young athlete, you know, sometimes it's better to just, just say no, whether it's your family asking for money, your friends trying to go out, you know, you're trying to compete, um, you know, you're trying to compete with the, the big players on a team and getting like the matching cars and clothes <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, mid-career is mid-career professional athletes, you know, by that time you should have, you know, enough money in the bank, you know, you know if you're going to be a pro for quite a while. So I'd say you should have, start to have your, start to have a serious uh, egg nest, like outside of your contract, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in your stock portfolio, something where if anything happened, you know you'd be good. And then for um, the late, the end of the road professional athlete, I would say 
a lot of a, a big issue is you know that transition. You can never prepare for it, but it's best to be as close to prepared as you can. So either if it's knowing what you're going to do right after you retire, whether it's another job, you're going to chill for a little bit. I think it's just best to prepare, whether it's you have to network, whether it's you have to do externships, internships, whatever you have to do just to prepare because that transition is not only hard for you, it's hard for your family as well because, you know, your mood changes, your routine changes, and everyone has to get adjusted to how you are. So I would say, you know, make sure that transition is as easy as possible. And it's hard to say because I'm not even close to that, and I, but I'm just saying from what I've read, what I've experienced from other teammates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, you've, that's you've, what I would say. You've seen the inside, so you might not have lived it yet, exactly. but you've seen people who have lived it, which is cool. So why, I have two more questions. Why do you think some people, not just athletes, struggle with frugality? Okay, um, why? I think, it's, I think it's a lack of knowledge, a lack of discipline, and a lack of patience. Hmm. You know, everyone likes to see the fast, fast money, like in your pocket, cash in hand, but no one wants to see the thing, you know, you put money in, and over time it's going to grow. Next thing you know, 20 years from now, that $100 you put every month is now worth over two, two and a half million. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just lack of patience, as well as people just not knowing what to do with the money. Like, I could tell you athletes that don't even know how much they can put in their 401k. Mm-hmm. Or they don't even know how much the corporation matches to what percentage of their, their, their yearly contributions. So it's just, um, I think it's, you know, asking the right questions. I mean, you have Google, you have YouTube. If you don't want to get a financial advisor, you can you do the research on your own. There's countless books. So uh, lack of knowledge, lack of patience, and uh, lack of discipline. Because everyone knows when you're wasting money. Um, but people do it anyway. Hmm. Whether it's, you know, you have food at home, but you decide to go out to eat. And then you let the food at home spoil. Yeah. Or well, how can I? What's another example? Um, you know, going to the club. You know, you don't have to get that extra bottle when the when the when the when the club's about to close in thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. You're not going to finish that extra bottle in thirty minutes. <laughs> so why pay an extra five hundred when you could just chill on what you guys have? You have the bottle service. You have the VIP. Just relax. So just little things like that. What's the most ballerific? What's the most ballerific thing oh, you've seen somebody do? The, the most ballerific thing somebody can do? The, what, that you've seen, like from personal experience. Oh, that I've seen? Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, Alright, let me not call any of my boys out. Uh, so we went to Miami one time. A couple, couple of buddies of mine, and. Uh, you know, Sunday I live, whatever, whatever. And we had a table, we had to connect, you know, got a discount and stuff like that. But it wasn't in the section that one of my friends wanted it. He wanted it, like, right next to the DJ. So the guy told us, came back, he gave his price. He said, yeah, it's going to cost, you know, an extra however many grand. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I, I, was, I was a spectator, so I didn't pay for this. He was like, yeah, it's fine. Just gave him his credit card like it was nothing. So, uh, yeah, I guess the, the bill ended up costing him, like, 13 grand for one night. Wow. 
And I was like, you know, it couldn't be me. <laughs> I'm too frugal for that. I like it. But that's, that's just, that's, 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 that's everyday stuff with some athletes, so. It might seem controversial, but I really think that um, your upbringing and the fact that you are kind of like a first generation and you have a different set of parents, it plays a part. And I think that a lot of people, and I always tell people this, like they can learn a lot from just that immigrant mentality and they can learn a lot based on just like that line of thinking because it works in America. And unfortunately, the certain line of thinking that is kind of like spend it all, live fast, die young, buy $13,000 tables, we see what it, it, what it looks like. And so it's like, for me, I always yeah. look at the end result. And then I backtrack my life to say, it's like, okay, if I'm doing everything that person is doing now, where is that going to take me at the end? And it seems like you've cracked the code. It seems like you have a lot of good things going on. I definitely wish you much success. I think that the success of what you're doing is going to be just successful for everybody all around, not just that one person. Oh, thank you so much. That they're doing it. So I appreciate your time. Is there anything you want to leave the people with before you get out? Um, join the investment club, man. To be honest, I think it's helped me out, not just for like my own portfolio, but just knowing, understanding the stock market, understanding, you know, dips and trends and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, Todd Capital, but you could be your own investment club. You can start your own. You can um, join another one. Just different ways, you know, save money, do the typical thing, save money. But don't save money just to save. Save money to invest. Save money to have a plan for the future. I think it's important to, you know, write down your goals, whether it's, you know, your yearly goals, your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, and, um, and, and do that. Do everything towards your goals, not just doing something to do something. Mm-hmm. So I could save as much as money as I want, but if I don't have a plan for it, then what am I saving for? Nice. So I think that that's another important thing. Um, you know, the information is there. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the work. You gotta, you gotta, the information is there. Google, YouTube, you know, Twitter. Twi- I, to me, Twitter might be a better networking app than LinkedIn. In all honesty. Yeah. So you know, just do the research, do the work. Uh, that's all I got. Nothing crazy. That's actually true about Twitter. I made, I've met way, I mean, I think it might even be better than like Instagram because people interact on Twitter. On LinkedIn, it's, exactly. not, as, it's not as kind of personable. People don't really talk back to you on, on LinkedIn. On Instagram, people are more focused on getting their likes up than getting their networking up. And Twitter, I mean, one thing I like about Twitter is it really allows you to see how people think. And so for you to still be following me after you've seen how I think is pretty impressive because I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, for sure. So. Just because I don't retweet everything, you know, because people, you know, with the, uh, let me not get into anything political or anything like that. But, you know, there's, there's certain things you can do on Twitter and uh, you might, you may get vilified for it. So I, I just, I like to follow everybody, everybody's opinions, mm-hmm. you know. There used to be a time where, you know, you can have an opinion and not get vilified for it, but... Not anymore. I'll let that rest. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, for anybody listening who wants to join that investment club, you can email us at info at capitaltod.com. We have the website, capitaltod.com. We have Todd Capital University starting up next week, the 17th, and that class is going to be running for the next five weeks. You have about a week to get on board. We'd love to have you. 
We have Wale, who's out here knocking out of the park, getting 84% returns. We want you to learn from him, the master, the guru. And we also have the 401k class. We're talking to you about allocating your 401k, making sure that your, your 401k is rebalanced and just working in your best interest and not just sitting there when it could be doing a lot more. Um, where can people find you on the internet, man? Yeah, so uh, Twitter, Instagram, Amobi says, A-M-O-B-I says, um, or Frugal Athlete, um, Frugal Athlete, all one word, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm usually tweeting about sports, business, TV shows, or that's basically it. So uh, follow cool. me. I'll follow back usually. Very cool. Thank you for uh, being on the show. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you're doing. This is Ty Capital with the Millionaire Podcast, episode 20, signing off.